Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Barriers and Boundaries Resilience Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chaplain E.B. I'm excited to be back with you after our last discussion on navigating change and being resilient through change. Lots of discussion on adjusting to the new, grieving the old, finding a place of acceptance with where you are. And one thing that I left out of that discussion, which I'll tell you is because I felt it was worth its own episode, is the idea of how to maintain readiness of self and how crucial that is for being able to be resilient. Right, so there's this element of, of being prepared to be resilient that we have to focus on, that we have to talk about. Right, So we, we talked about certain methodologies to managing change and engaging change. Right, So today's really about backing up even well before that and just focusing on how we can prepare ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually for change. You know, readiness of the mind, body, and soul all require a certain emphasis if one is to maintain that state of readiness. We add certain things into our daily rhythm, you know, whether it's just simply acknowledging that we will have various adversities along the way in life. You know, those types of things we can help use to prepare and we can identify priorities we need to make, what habits are going to add value to our readiness. And cognitively, it'll help us stay on the lookout for resources that will reinforce us along our journey. So let's take a quick look at the mind, body and spirit of how they're impacted when we are ready. We're constantly being affected by our environment. If you don't believe me, just take a look at the things in the last year of your life, the last two years of your life. Maybe you've taken on a new job. Maybe you've been assigned a new role. Maybe you've become a parent. Maybe you started a new class. Maybe you moved to another country. You know, various parts of our brain uh, all the different elements, uh, parts that make up our brain, they're sending messages to our prefrontal cortex. They're releasing chemicals in our brain that are, are, are causing us to feel a certain way, right? So oxytocin, like when that, that hug feeling that we're feeling welcome and all this stuff, right? So there's all kinds of things. Dopamine comes to mind, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So, but right now, I'd just like to focus on th- our thoughts, And how they really affect us in so many ways. Like cognitive behavior therapy, if you've never looked into it, it's a very fascinating topic. uh, As well as the advancements in neuroscience. So this is just a short uh, thank you to science for letting us take a look uh, at how thoughts affect us and how they impact our readiness. So one example, one kind of test I like to provide if I'm doing a lecture is really think about like, let's say you're living in Philadelphia and I asked you to deliver something in Times Square, New York on New Year's Eve. What are your thoughts about that? Now, I understand you may have certain feelings about that, right? But I want you to really grasp this concept that you don't have feelings without first having thoughts. You know, perhaps you thought about the time it would take to get there, the amount of traffic, or even just the absurdity of the task itself as not really being realistic. And for those of you on the West Coast, I didn't forget about you. Like imagine that trip driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas on Thanksgiving weekend, right? That Wednesday before Thanksgiving, hey, I need you to go to Vegas. Now, you know that the 10 and the 15 are essentially going to be a parking lot. But is that your thought? And is that what leads to your feeling, right? Or do you explore your thoughts more? Do you explore, do you peel back the onions like, Oh, maybe I'll just take a, a buy an audio book and I because I know I'll have time to listen to a whole book. Right. Because, you know, you're just going to be sitting and waiting in traffic a lot. Right. So there's certain things, you know, maybe you've experienced that before. 
right? So you're going to have certain feelings. You're going to have certain thoughts because of you have previous experience. The same way if you've never experienced that before, you may have certain thoughts based on having never experienced that before, right? So during this whole time, you've had different parts of your brain sending messages to your free prefrontal cortex. Depending on how old you are, that's going to depend how developed that is as well. All right, so all these variables, right? Depending uh, on those variables and how they impact and affect your brain, like even like the thickness of the protective barrier around your brain, even that matters. And to impact that even more, there are factors that affect just how social you are, or at least how connected you are to others if for the most part you're an introvert and you learn how to manage that effectively. There's also a readiness factor in attending religious services and having engaged with uh, personal beliefs. You know, it's a scientific proven fact that there are brain benefits from engaging with principles and a belief system, such as through faith. So based on our scenario, someone that has a personal readiness system integrated into their day-to-day life, they're going to be able to pause. They're going to be able to think about what's happening, put it in context, connect the dots with other things, maybe analyze risk, right? Acknowledge that there are various outcomes and possibilities to that scenario, depending on what you learn, right? So you, so you may be able to pause and say, sweet, I'm, I got time for an audiobook." Or you might be, hey, there's time for me to call friends that I haven't caught up with in a long time. Maybe they have time to, to talk while I'm on the road. All kinds of different outcomes and possibilities when we cognitively engage with our thoughts, right? And realizing that, hey, is that a feeling? Okay, well, what thought has led to that feeling, right? This is practicing mindfulness. And this has tremendous benefits to ourselves, which reflects that readiness to think about through the events of the day. Now, there's also physical readiness, right? Physical readiness of our bodies. Like, I don't need to go into, you know, long detail about the benefits of working out, the endorphins that are released, you know, all the things that could lead to just feeling good and feeling strong and being able to have endurance uh, and, you know, not getting tired as quickly. But there's one thing that's actually connected to our, our, our readiness of our mind with the physical, and that's sleep. Right? So when we sleep, I don't know if you know this, so when you throughout the day when you're making decisions, you're having thoughts, there's all these synapses and all these uh, uh, neurons firing off, right? And there's a protein that's released. And throughout the day, the protein builds up in your head. And when you sleep, your brain cleans itself. Like it, the body's amazing, right? And being able to have this cleanse of your mind is going to really kind of reduce the fog and, you know, the it'll increase mental clarity and all those things. So there's certain elements of like physical readiness, right? Whether we're working out, we're releasing, you know, the good chemicals like endorphins in our body, all right, as well as sleeping. So being able to, to really tap into that uh, is going to, one, it's going to reduce the uh, potential for brain disease if we're, if we're taking care of ourselves so with that protein that's built up that has been known to lead to certain brain diseases, right? So you have the mental readiness, you have the physical readiness, and then real quickly, just finally, the spiritual readiness. Now, as a chaplain, this is definitely something I engage with quite often, and I would say it is honestly not often understood with how inclusive spirituality, uh, spirituality can actually be when you engage it. Like, yes, I'm a chaplain. Yes, I'm a pastor. And I have certain beliefs that I believe are true. And as much as I can, humbly submit to those beliefs. 
but religion and spirituality are not interchangeable. It's simply not true. Like religion, religious practices, faith-based habits that may be considered spiritual, you know, that's okay, but not all spiritual activities are religious. Like you can be an atheist and yet still be spiritual. Now that's a, probably a conversation for another time. Hit me up, send me an email if you wanna talk about that. Uh, that's a great conversation to have. But there's certain elements and certain benefits when you engage in your spiritual life, uh, specifically when you try to engage with like your identity and how you're responding to different events going on in your life, who you're becoming compared to who you were uh, you know, a year ago, a few years ago, or since you were a child. You know, I, I will say that uh, I was uh, reading a study recently where religious practices actually decrease depression, anxiety, and the tendency to complete suicide, right? So there's a mental health connection uh, with our spiritual health. I remember a few years back, Amazon released uh, a study on, uh, you know, their, their e-Kindle, their, their uh, Kindle Bible a study on the Kindle Bible being the most highlighted book in the in the entire Amazon catalog, and three different versions of the Bible in their catalog also had one thing in common: was the most highlighted verse in those Bibles was "Do not be anxious about anything." Right. So even within Christianity, even within that spiritual element, there's this need to connect to mental health. There's a there's a desire to seek out practices that take care of our mindfulness and help us engage with the world, not in a way that we get in the way of ourselves, but we can actually pursue being free. And, and really, like it takes that intentional uh, mindset to engage with all three, that mental, physical, and spiritual elements of who we are, uh, being prepared, of being ready to face adversity. Right? So just... Just, you know, that was just a real quick thing that I wanted to kind of cover just, you know, to kind of wrap up how we talked about navigating through like a, that big first piece of it, though, is really just being prepared as much as we can when we when we know we have we're going to have to navigate uh, change. We're going to have to navigate adversity. Right. This is about really highlighting the conversations that we have in ourselves and our minds and the conversations that we have with others to really, really kind of be transcendent through those dark days ahead. Uh, obviously, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody, you know, say you're in the military, I wouldn't want you to become a prisoner of war, right? Well, in the same way, like I don't want you to become a prisoner of yourself because you haven't learned to engage uh, the mental readiness, physical readiness, or spiritual readiness of who you are. So stay ready, stay resilient for when adversity comes, and it will come even when you may not realize it. But always know that you can reach out, we can talk about it. I don't want you to feel any kind of despair or separated connection or really kind of be imprisoned to any of those elements that make up who you are. So until next time, my friends, Chaplain E.B. out here.